everyone, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're here to talk about one of the most legendary places in soccer history. Before we do that, though, I want to ask you a question. What do Lionel Messi, Xavi, Andres Iniesta, and Sergio Busquets all have in common? Yeah, there are a couple of different acceptable answers here, but I'm looking for one specific answer. Yes, Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets all played for FC Barcelona. Yes, they're all some of the greatest soccer players of all time. Yes, they're all somewhere between 5'7 and 6'2. And yes, they can all pass the ball through the metaphorical eye of the metaphorical needle. Those are all technically correct answers. But they're not that one answer I'm looking for. Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets all graduated from Barcelona's famed La Masia de Can Planes, usually known more simply as just La Masia. La Masia is Catalan for the farmhouse, and it's the name of FC Barcelona's youth academy, which was named after an actual 18th century farmhouse. It's a pretty fitting name, not just because the academy used that farmhouse as a part of its facilities until 2011, but because of all the young talent that's grown in La Masia. Players like Messi and Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets, and a bunch of others like Carles Puyol, Pedro, Gerard Piquet, and Victor Valdez. Talented professional players grew at La Masia like corn and soybeans grow in the Midwest. La Masia began in 1979 as a way to house youth players who lived too far away from Barca's facilities to make commuting a feasible option. Players would come and live in the building, they'd practice, and they'd go to school. For us now in the 21st century, that kind of residence academy model isn't terribly uncommon. But with 20 or so years left in the 20th century, this was a pretty big deal. By providing a place for talented youngsters to come and live, Barcelona expanded their ability to bring in top players from outside the city. If you're looking for an example, look no further than a man by the name of Pep Guardiola, who moved into La Masia in 1984 as a teenager. Guardiola was from the Barcelona area, but he lived in Sant Pedor, which is about 45 miles from Barcelona proper. 45 miles isn't a crazy distance, but it's certainly far enough to make going to and from soccer practice a major hassle. If we fast forward a few years after 1984, Pep Guardiola was rising through the Barca youth ranks and headed straight towards a first-team debut. He'd make that debut in 1990 and go on to play more than 10 years for FC Barcelona and eventually become one of the greatest managers of all time. Would Pep have had the playing career and the managerial career that he had without La Masia? I honestly don't know the answer to that question, but it's very possible that the answer is no. La Masia's residency model helped them snag some quality young players from outside Barcelona and even outside Spain to go with their local youth players. But there's more to La Masia than the old farmhouse and the stay-and-play format. Just ask Pep, who's been quoted as saying, The player who has passed through La Masia has something different to the rest. It's a plus that only comes from having competed in a Barcelona shirt from the time you were a child. Okay, so what gives Pep? What makes Barcelona's academy so special? I'll try to answer that question in just a moment, but first, if you're intrigued by La Masia or by listener questions, or maybe for some reason you just like the sound of my voice, I wanted to let you know that coming up Thursday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Taylor Rockwell and myself will be doing an exclusive Soccer 101 live show on the Stereo app. Taylor and Ryan Bailey did a fantastic Stereo show slash Q&A last week talking all about the Champions League and some other fun things as well. And this week, I'm hopping in to talk about this very episode of Soccer 101 with Taylor. And like I said, we're also going to answer some of your listener questions, which you can submit right there in the Stereo app. And we'll even be turning the tables a little bit and asking you all some questions. 
So if you want to come on and talk with us live, download the Stereo app and follow me at Stereo.com slash Joe Lowry. That's J-O-E-L-O-W-E-R-Y. There'll be a link to the live show and to my profile and Taylor's profile in the show notes, so don't worry too much about the spelling. But again, download the Stereo app and follow me at Stereo.com slash Joe Lowry to get ready for this week's Soccer 101 live show on Thursday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's Thursday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be tons of fun. And we're going to be doing these on a regular basis on Thursdays around this same time each week. So you can pencil it in in your calendars, maybe even pen it in in your calendars because we're always going to have ourselves a good time. Now, let's get back to La Masia. We left off with that pep quote, talking about how La Masia players are just built different. So what makes the Barcelona Academy so special? Actually, maybe the better question is who made Barcelona's Academy so special? I'll give you a hint. His name rhymes with Bohan Royf. Oh, you got it. It was Johan Cruyff. After his playing career was over, Johan Cruyff took over the managerial duties at his boyhood club, Ajax. At Ajax, Cruyff used an aggressive technical 3-4-3 formation that created some real magic on the field. His Ajax team had flair, they had style, and they had technique. When Cruyff moved to Catalonia to coach FC Barcelona for the 1988-89 season, those same adjectives could very much not be used to describe his new club. Sid Lowe wrote for The Guardian that, When Cruyff took over as manager in 1988, results were bad, performances were worse, the atmosphere terrible, and attendances down. Those issues certainly weren't entirely rooted in Barcelona's on-field product, but even still, Cruyff was intent on getting Barcelona back to their glory days of fun attacking soccer. And to do that, he was going to need some reinforcements. That's where La Masia came in. Cruyff wanted to use Barcelona's academy to help create and shape the kind of players that he wanted in his first team. Before Cruyff came along, La Masia was really big on big soccer players. They wanted tall players, they wanted fast players, they wanted super athletic players. Sure, Cruyff appreciated and utilized athleticism, but he prioritized players who pampered the ball with their touch and pressed the opposition like rats. Yes, that last bit is a real Cruyff quote. Cruyff wanted technical players who could operate in tight spaces and move the ball forward with ease. And he also wanted players who could slot right into his preferred 3-4-3 shape. What better way to create those players than to use Barcelona's academy? Starting in 1988, Cruyff pretty much issued an RSE, also known as a Royal Soccer Edict. Okay, that's a term I just made up, but I think it fits here. Cruyff wanted all of the academy teams to use a 3-4-3 shape, and to start emphasizing technical attributes over physical ones. So that's what happened. His RSE was obeyed. The 3-4-3 became Barcelona's shape, from the senior team all the way down to the youngest team at La Masia. During his time coaching Barcelona, Cruyff unified the club, at least in terms of technique and tactics. He created cohesion and in the process, created FC Barcelona's DNA. As manager, Cruyff gave first-team debuts to an impressive 32 La Masia graduates. Barcelona was sprouting some real talent in the early to mid-1990s, with players like Pep Guardiola coming into the first-team picture. And they kept producing talent into the late 90s and 2000s, with players like Xavi, Puyol, Valdez, Iniesta, Pedro Busquets, Piquet, and oh, some messy guy. Using La Masia, Barcelona handcrafted a golden generation. Under the tutelage of fellow La Masia graduate Pep Guardiola, whose name just keeps coming up, Barcelona won the 2009 and 2011 Champions League finals with seven La Masia graduates in both of those starting lineups. The 3-4-3 requirement had faded by the 2000s, 
but Guardiola carried on much of Cruyff's style of play, an emphasis on technical quality. Barcelona, on the back of La Masia, was flying higher than ever. About five months after Barcelona won the 2011 Champions League final, the original La Masia building, the farmhouse, was closed and replaced by a shiny new 6,000 square meter facility. La Masia 2.0 cost Barcelona about 11 million euros to build, and while it looks nothing like a farmhouse, it does look more than capable of housing the next golden generation of soccer talent. There's only one issue here. That next La Masia generation hasn't popped up. Starting around 2010, Barcelona really hasn't been funneling top-tier academy players to their first team like they used to. There have been a couple players that have moved up through La Masia and into the first team in the last 10-ish years, but instead of relying so heavily on their academy, Barcelona have become big spenders in the transfer market. Since the 2014-15 season, they've spent 989 million euros to bring in players from outside the club, according to Marca. That's so, so, so much money. Slap another 11 million euros on there and you've got an even 1 billion euros. The question then is why? FC Barcelona were the kings of European soccer with their lineup of homegrown players playing under their homegrown coach. Why did they stop doing what was working? I mean, come on, whatever happened to if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, to be fair to Barcelona, it's not quite that simple. There are a couple of possible reasons behind why Barcelona don't rely as heavily on La Masia as they used to. One of those reasons was pointed out by former Barcelona midfielder Ivan Rakitic, who told Sport in 2018, I would love to see a generation like Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta, Valdez, Messi emerge every second year. But it's not that easy. Barcelona has reached such a high level that there is no room to test and then see what happens. The players must really be talented before it is possible. If the first team was worse, it would have been much easier. In the early to mid-2010s, Barcelona had become so good that there was this incredible pressure on its youth players. Expectations were so high for La Masia graduates. They needed to be downright fantastic players to get into the first team. Maybe they didn't quite need to be Xavi or Iniesta, but there wasn't a lot of wiggle room there. And the kids weren't the only people feeling the pressure. Because their first team had been so dominant... Barcelona needed to keep that momentum. They needed to keep on winning. If you're a coach at one of the biggest clubs in the world and your job is on the line, are you going to turn to a teenager to win you a La Liga road game? Or are you going to turn to an older, more experienced player? We'd all love to say that we trust the young kid, but most, if not all of us, would lean towards the veteran. So then, if you're a kid coming up through Barcelona's youth system and you can't see a direct pathway to the first team, what are you going to do? you're probably going to tell your agent to find you another club or you can actually get some first-team minutes. And that's exactly what a number of former La Masia players have done. Eric Garcia had been at Barcelona since he was seven years old, but in 2017, he left La Masia to join Pep at Manchester City. Current RB Leipzig midfielder Danny Olmo spent more than five years at La Masia before joining Dynamo Zagreb in 2016. And in 2019, young Dutch midfielder Xavi Simmons, he's got that great first name, left La Masia after nine years there to sign with PSG. La Masia has always lost talent to other clubs in Europe, but still, it's a pretty inescapable truth at this point. Barcelona simply isn't funneling talent to their first team in mass like they used to. It's also possible that soccer's on-field evolution forced Barcelona to rethink some of the tactical methodology that they teach at La Masia. Throughout the mid to late 2010s, defensive pressing and quick attacking transitions started to get really popular. Yes, Guardiola and Cruyff had used those tactics, but they hadn't built around them. 
but Jurgen Klopp had, and other coaches were starting to as well. Did Barcelona need to change with the times? Was their tactical style modern enough to succeed? Did they need to change how they taught their academy players? In hindsight, not a lot probably needed to change for La Masia methodology-wise, and I don't think a lot has. Teams still have success using the ball to break down defenses, even though it's hard. But if the decision makers at FC Barcelona did in fact ask themselves those questions, you can't really blame them. Cruyff might have blamed them, Pep might have blamed them, but I don't think I can blame them. Even though it's not churning out legends anymore, Barcelona's La Masia is still one of the most well-respected soccer academies in the world. They still produce professional players, and they still know how to develop players that Johan Cruyff would be proud of. 18-year-old Ansu Fati and 21-year-old Ricky Puig might be the two best current examples. Fati is one of the most talented teenagers in Europe. He's already scored double-digit goals for Barcelona's first team and made his Spain debut. And Puig, well, he's been a senior full-time Barca player since October of 2020. He can pass and combine like nobody's business, and he's also 5'7", which only helps boost his Cruyffian profile. As exciting as those two youngsters are, Unless soccer changes and suddenly becomes less about winning right this second to lessen your club's massive overall debt, which is kind of what Barcelona are going through right now, don't expect to see a whole Barcelona squad made up of Ansu Fati's and Ricky Puig's anytime soon. That's it for this episode of Soccer 101, sort of. We went through the highs and the relative lows of La Masia, from its origins to the Cruyff era to the Guardiola era to now. But on Thursday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Taylor Rockwell and myself will be talking more about La Masia and answering your listener questions, as well as asking you all some questions. We're turning the tables. We'll be doing all of that live on the free Stereo app. We're going to have tons of fun talking about soccer and academies and plenty of other random things like bread, probably. So if you want to come and talk with us live, download the Stereo app and follow me at Stereo.com slash Joe Lowry. You can find that spelling and the link to that in the show notes. Again, download the totally free Stereo app and follow me at Stereo.com slash Joe Lowry to get ready for this week's epic Soccer 101 live show on Thursday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be awesome. I'm Joe Lowry. Thank you for listening to Soccer 101, and I'll talk to you all soon. (laughs) 